0: This is Coast to Coast with Robert Ambrogi and J. Craig Williams, America's top web bloggers in the legal profession. And yes, they are attorneys, both of them. One from California, one from Massachusetts. You can only guess what will happen next. Coast to Coast is sponsored by Law.com, right here on the Legal Talk Network.
1: Welcome to Coast to Coast on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Bob Ambrogi in
2: Massachusetts. And I'm Craig Williams from Southern California. I write a blog called May It Please the Court that can be found at it Please The And Bob writes a blog that he's going to tell you about. Uh, I write blogs. a blog
1: called Law I write two blogs, Lost Sites and Media Law, both available through legaline.com, L-E-G-A-L-I-N-E.com.
2: Well, in this broadcast, we're going to be concentrating on the business of law. And today's legal world is filled with cutting-edge technology and flashing marketing campaigns that give many firms an advantage over their competitors. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, how your firm can
1: uh, uh, employ uh, management techniques to uh, excel in, in the uh, in the legal environment. Maybe talk a little bit about uh, gadgets and billing systems and other other tricks of the trade.
2: Well, Bob, here to give us some insight is our special guest who is highly experienced in this area. Reed Trouts is a lawyer who serves as the director of the D.C. Bar Practice Management Advisory Service. He advises lawyers who seek excellence in the practice of law by providing legal and customer service to their clients. Reed is also an active member of the ABA Practice Management Session, currently serving as the chair of the LPM Publishing Board. Welcome to the show, Reed.
3: Uh, thank you, Craig. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: Reed, you also write a blog, don't you?
3: I, I do indeed. I started uh, just about a year ago uh, with uh, Read My Blog. R-E-I-D. Uh, R-E-I-D at readmyblog.com, yes. And it's been a very interesting experience, but it, uh, you know, as uh, you two gentlemen know, it's a, a rewarding, and it's also a way to get, uh, get and receive information uh, in different uh, areas concerning the practice of law.
1: Well, we just before we started recording, you were telling us that you are uh talking to us live from the uh, a, a conference of the Association of Legal Administrators down in Arizona. Uh what are what are some of the major issues uh involved in running a law practice today that you see?
3: Well, uh as the uh, uh Craig said in the title today, you know, the business of practicing law is is changing. Um, I like to say that while the practice of law is a profession your law practice is a business and because of changes that are going on in the marketplace uh, that are you know impacting on the practice of law lawyers have to be more business like in how they approach it whether that's dealing with their efficiency or their uh, billing or how they're attracting new clients uh, there's just more to that side of the business now. That side of, of of practicing law than ever before. And here at the A.L.A. conference, it's been very interesting because uh, many of the people here are now being asked to run some of many of the business side of practicing law. Many of the financial systems, the operation systems, the the technology, because lawyers are finding they need help in that, in the business side of practicing law, so they can concentrate on actually practicing law, serving clients, billing their time, and earning income for the firm.
2: Reed, what do you find, what types of qualifications do people that are legal administrators have that help lawyers run the firm? Are they MBAs? I mean, are
3: well, I think that um, to answer that, I just want to go back a little bit and say that um, oftentimes in firms, whether that's a solo practice or a small firm, uh, usually it a, was a, a, an organized secretary that was elevated to office manager. Um, maybe we had a person who could do our books. We thought they could do our books for a while, and they became our our billing person. And I think those days are gone. I think we're looking at specialists in uh, law firms today to, to help us out and run these systems. And uh, those administrators, those people, yes, in larger firms they have MBAs, but many of them are experienced in other areas of commerce to help lawyers. Some may have come from medic- the medical field and medical professions. Some of them may have come from uh, uh, technology firms where they've, they're have they familiar with the technology that goes into law firms, but now they're asked to help come over, take over more of the operations of the firm. So we're seeing more professionalization of those firm administrator positions.
2: What do you think the breaking point is to transition from someone who is, um, say, a business degree to perhaps I'm assuming that you're just going to simply say, we shouldn't have secretaries uh, running our businesses. We should have somebody with a business degree or some finance background. Is that right?
3: Uh, I I think so. Uh, uh, You know, those are are different skill sets uh, for those. Now, it doesn't mean that a a secretary who um, has been doing well with those secretarial skills could not be trained and uh, obtain additional education to take over other functions but oftentimes lawyers they don't want to take the time, they don't want to spend the money to do that, so they just say here, what take take over this part of the practice, start, you know, keeping the books. And and that's just not a good business decision for most firms. Now, larger firms, they're actually now, you know, going out and recruiting the MBAs. Their their positions are no longer called firm administrator or director of administration. Common terms today are the executive director of the firm or, in fact, a chief operating officer. Uh, whereas the managing partner would would be the equivalent of a CEO. In that instance, the firm administrator is now chief operating officer.
2: We have six lawyers in our firm. We have a full time uh, person that handles the business administration. She's our CFO. Um, what's the breaking point between having somebody who's you know a glorified secretary with training? and an MBA in terms of your evaluation of the number of lawyers that, that law firms have?
3: Well, I, I think that uh, you've got – your firm is a good example there. Uh, it could be as, as few as six lawyers. Uh, it depends on what, you know, what the firm's plan is. Do they want to grow? Are they – uh, interested in someone who can not just sort of functionally administer things, but also help them grow the firm and help them, you know, meet their vision. So it could be a firm of, say, four or six. In fact, a number of the people that are here, the administrators that are here at the conference, uh, come from firms four, six, eleven, eighteen, and then there's some here as well who are, you know, administrators of branch offices of firms that are, you know, 1,500 lawyers so uh, uh profession, the professionalization of the position can be at any size firm, uh, maybe not a solo practice or two or three, but I think four to six eight ten is are certainly could afford to have a professional administrator
1: well reed as your as your answer suggests not all not all law firms uh, can afford to have an administrator. And uh, as we all know, lawyers aren't trained in law school and in matters of, of business. So, how does a how does a lawyer learn the skills needed to manage a small firm?
3: Well, there are uh, great There's opportunities really out there to how do, they to do in, that. In, where uh, should they look for resources? State bars have grown their resources over the last uh, decade or so to help the smaller uh, law firm, the solo practitioner, to. Uh, Get the skills we have practice management advisor programs in about twenty uh, jurisdictions that will provide information and assistance to small firms. Uh, state bar law practice management sections are also a terrific place to to uh, gain more knowledge in the the business of practicing law. and in in addition, as I've seen over the last ten years, uh, at the DC bar, it's also a great networking and business building opportunity to be in those sections as well. So there's a double benefit. And there are uh, more resources out on the Internet than ever uh, before. There are uh, quite a number of blogs uh, that are dealing with business aspects in the practice of law that you can peruse anytime uh, and go to them, learn about technology, uh, learn more about management learn more about marketing. That's always a, a, a big topic, marketing and how to develop your client base. Uh, and of course, I think the ABA, I've been involved for about a decade with the ABA's law practice management section. There's also the GP solo division now of the ABA that have resources on, the, on their website. They have conferences, meetings, that, uh, publications that will help Lawyers, learn more. We just can't be, stay still and say, well, we've always done it that way. The market is changing around us, and, and we've just got to be proactive to change it. One of the comments I like, one of my favorite quotes is from David Meister, who's really a professional services firm guru, and, and he says, you know, your billable time determines your income, but your non-billable time determines your future. And it really is important to step back sometimes and say, I really need to invest some time in my business, some non-billable time that won't bring me money today but will pay off down the road, whether that's a few months or a few years down the road. We still need to put in that non-billable time to learn about uh, the business of law.
1: I was going to ask, as Director of the uh, Practice Management Advisory Group in D.C., uh, then I
3: I understand that
1: lawyers can come to you with questions about practice management issues. Is that correct?
3: Yes. Um, Most of the practice management advisors that are at state bars, and and most of the major states, uh, in terms of population, the larger bars have them, and they're uh, usually confidential, often free, or very low cost to either have a question, maybe it's a question about, opening a trust account. How do you properly do that? It may be a question about, I want to start a practice. Do you have resources that can help me uh, to go out on my own? Uh, maybe they have a, a, a billing problem, a, f- a fee dispute with a client. and so uh, All those issues, they can call and talk to somebody at a state bar. In my instance, I'll also go out to law firms and do what we call a management assessment. Some jurisdictions they call management audits we'll help we'll look around we'll help make improvements in their business processes maybe they have some issues with some associates or staff to uh, sort of give them a, a framework i go into dozens of law offices i talk to hundreds of lawyers many lawyers only work in one or two firms and they only know what they've learned from that firm and we can provide new insight and new information in those audits and uh, uh, that's a good service by the state bars, uh, by the practice management advisors.
2: Reed, if you could pick one thing that a lawyer should concentrate on in a smaller, medium-sized firm, in terms of the business of law, would it be marketing? Would it be billing? Would it? What would you look at?
3: That's a that's a good question. I, that's that's a tough one. I I I think there are marketing is always the the one lawyers want first let me grow my practice let me increase the income but I, I think it's beneficial to step back from that and say what kinds of clients do i want what kind of good clients do i have now who are the ones that are appreciative that are paying the work that i enjoy and then go out and market to those people uh, find out where more of of those you know the good clients that fit fit your demographics and market to those so i think that's one area where lawyers can build their practice. But I think they also need to, if they have an administrator or someone in their firm that's handling some of these business aspects, they need to remember to supervise uh, the people. Uh, It's the lawyer's law license that's at risk. It's the lawyer's reputation at risk if something goes wrong. And I think I, I see that too many lawyers out there are abdicating some responsibilities and not focusing on what does the trust account look like this month? Has it been reconciled? Uh, what are our accounts receivable look like? Do we as anybody owe us a lot of money that we should be worried about? Uh, some of those little things they need to concentrate on, and it's going to take away from some billable time, but I think overall it'll make for a more efficient and effective practice and finally, the other area is technology. Uh, technology is uh, certainly an evolving area, and what may have worked a couple of years ago, may need to be updated today, certainly in the area of security to make sure your documents remain confidential. Make sure you don't get a a virus coming in that's going to wipe out all your data. So a third area would be paying attention to technology and updating, not throwing out everything and rebuilding at a high cost, but looking at what you need and uh, making the transition to uh, keep your information secure, but also efficient and effective.
1: Well, just, just to comment, a similar question from a different angle, what's what's the biggest mistake that the new lawyers make in managing their firms?
3: Um, the biggest question I see, or biggest mistake, is that lawyers, they want to start out, and, and I help about oh, I don't know, 60 or 80 new lawyers a year wanting to go out on their own. And the mistake is they think that advertising is marketing. They say, I'm going to have this in the yellow pages, I'm going to put this in the newspaper, and that's going to generate business. And I tell them it may generate some business, but it's certainly not going to be enough business in most practice areas to keep you going. You really have to work on a marketing plan, which doesn't have to be complicated, but you need to look at where your new business is going to come from, and market aggressively. Get out there, meet people. It's a, you know, marketing is a uh, uh, full-contact sport. Shake hands, greet people, uh, go to meetings, uh, go to events, and not just go but participate. Raise your hand. Offer to. Uh, uh, put on a program for the bar, uh, offer to be involved in a civic association where there may be people that uh, ultimately may use your services. So I think marketing is their biggest um, mistake uh, going out and trying to think if there's uh, i would I would have a number two, but now nah, for now marketing.
2: do you have a recommendation for some software to use for lawyers to develop a marketing plan?
3: um there there are some uh uh software programs that are out there but most of them deal with uh businesses that are manufacturing a product rather than delivering a service uh i have a a, a system that i talk to lawyers about where uh where clients come from and really where i th- where i think they can get the most bang for their buck is to use a contact manager, something like Outlook or a, a contact manager that comes with some of the uh, legal software suites, say from Time Matters or, or PC Law or one of those uh, genre products, and get their contact information in. Uh, family, friends, colleagues, clients that they've worked for, get that information in so that they can contact these people who already know who they are, they know they're an attorney, presumably if they're a former client, they know they're a good attorney, and you prospect and mine off of the list of existing contacts that you have. That's that's just a, a good first step in a marketing plan. Now, there is a piece of software out there now that the ABA has recently published, the Law Practice Management section. It's called The Lawyer's Guide to Creating a Business Plan and it's a uh, software package that comes with a book uh, it's one of the top uh, uh, the book is one of the top selling uh, business plan books in the country and it walks you through the steps that you need which includes a marketing plan
2: what type of uh, billing process to, should lawyers be employing should you know are, what's what's the big things that are important in terms of billing. You get the bills out every month. What, what are your recommendations?
3: Well, certainly having software. If you're billing more than, uh, I say, 10 clients a month, you need to have uh, time and billing software. Now, you can get away with not doing that if you have just a couple of clients a month. I still like it because with the software, I can print out reports that will let me know, let me know how my business is doing. But software is an important component, but also the admi- the administration process. Who fills out the, the time slip? When is that to be submitted to the uh, so that it can go into the bills? Too many lawyers wait till you know the last Saturday of the month, the first Saturday of the next month, and it's drudgery. You know they've got to do it all and try to get it done. And I prefer firms to create a process where there's accountability each week for the time. I mean, lawyers should be entering their time each day, but at the end of each week that should be gathered up and put into the time and billing system uh, or make sure that it's in the place time and billing system so that by the end of the month, you're just doing the last week of the month and the bills can go out immediately. Clients will respect your bill more if it's just like anything else, any other bill they're getting, that it's timely, that it's uh, easy to read, well thought out, Uh, and and gets to them in a timely basis, that's going to help uh, your collections and keep your receivables down.
2: Well, Reed, we need to take a short break. We'll have much more when we come back in just one minute.
0: We invite you to visit Law.com for timely legal news and in-depth resources. From daily headlines to practice-specific updates, Law.com provides up-to-date information to those working in the legal profession. As part of its coverage, Law.com is proud that J. Craig Williams' blog, May It Please the Court, and Robert Ambrogi's blog, Law Sites, are part of its blog network. Don't wait any longer. Visit Law.com today and get free subscriptions of our Newswire newsletter with the top legal stories of the day. Or sign up for a free trial subscription to one of our practice center sections. Coast to Coast is produced by the Legal Talk Network and a staff of broadcast professionals. If you have an idea for a topic or a show, we want to hear from you. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and send us an email. If you found us in the podcast library of iTunes, thanks for listening. Check out some of our other shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com and become a member. It's free. A video settlement documentary can be the most powerful and persuasive way to bring about a speedy settlement in your client's case. The Boston Media Group has a staff of television professionals with 20 years' experience writing and producing compelling stories just like the ones you've seen on 60 Minutes or Dateline. We put a human face on the lawsuit with compelling interviews, dramatizations, and visual presentations of the fact. Think of it as a video-opening argument that will compel the attorneys on the other side to settle. Call us for a consult at 800-317-5221. That's 800-317-5221. Or check out our website at bostonmediagroup.com.
2: Welcome back to the Coast to Coast on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams.
1: I'm Bob Ambrogi. Ambro- excuse me. Uh, Welcome back. We're talking to Reed Trouts. Reed is a a nationally known consultant, uh, writer, and presenter on practice management issues, and we're happy to have you uh, here with us today, Reed.
2: Thank you. Reed, I wanted to follow up. We didn't talk in the very beginning, but we... You, I saw on your blog that you have some gadgets that you recommend for lawyers. Uh, some of them are fun. Some of them are serious. Let's talk about some of the serious ones that you think will help lawyers in their practice. What are the, the must-have gadgets uh, for lawyers that, that are out, out of their office?
3: All right. Um, I think that uh, one of the new ones that's just coming out uh, is uh, the new TRIO, Uh, The TRIO 700W, which is different from prior versions, which ran the Palm operating system, are now in the Windows, uh, the um, mobile PC, um, or Windows Mobile. And I think that's going to be very popular with lawyers. Uh, Even the ones who are now using BlackBerry may find themselves switching over to that. But that's a gadget that I think is very helpful because you can get the software to help you uh, run your other Microsoft Office products, use your Outlook, things that you're familiar with. You can edit a document while you're on the road and send it back to your office. There's just some great, uh, great gadgets there. Uh, one gadget that I've come across uh, in the last few months is a, a great little utility. It's just a little piece of software, and you can try it free for 30 days, uh, but it's about, mm, I think, $30 to buy. It's called Anagram. And what that does is uh, you know we get emails all the time, we get documents all the time um, uh, in uh, Outlook or Word, and it has a signature block with anagram it runs in the background, and you just click and highlight that signature block and press the hot key uh, in my case it's f twelve on my computer and Anagram automatically takes that information puts it into an outlook contact, all the information in the right place and says, is this good? And you close it down and there now you've added the contact information in a matter of about uh, 5 seconds. So that's a new uh, a new uh, must have I think for a lot of lawyers saves a lot of time, builds that contacts file. Another uh, area that I would say lawyers should have is uh these desktop search products that are out there. Uh, this, uh, I- these utilities help you search across your uh, computer, across your hard drive or hard drives to find information. Let's say you've lost a document or you're looking for a document with a keyword. There are a number of these products out there, some free ones. There's Google Desktop Search, Copernic uh, Desktop Search, and even Yahoo has a product. Now, I use one called X1. Uh, that's a product you you buy it. At, I think it's seventy five or ninety dollars, but from X one dot com, all those will help you. If your hard drive isn't as organized as you would liked, you can go in and say, "I got an email that was from such and such client," or "There's a document I had for a client about six months ago," and you can go in and help you. Those search uh, search utilities will help you. Very powerful, uh, very good uh, utilities.
2: Well, Reed, we use. Um... World Docs, and uh, there's another one out there called iManager. that's your document management systems that manage emails and manage documents that make uh, basically index everything in the system uh, and allows us to assign them to particular clients, particular matters, assign type of document, author, and so forth. Those are really good search engines.
3: Mm-hmm. And one other thing, I see lawyers, uh, law firms, wanting to move to the uh, voice over IP, the internet phone service, and it seems that most of them are doing it very successfully and are saving money uh, to move to uh, to that rather than the traditional uh, telephone system. And uh, I've only had one experience where uh, you know the the firm the, the because of the broadband connection just wasn't as good as it should have been, but that that was just a a provider issue.
1: Well, I'm speaking to you by way of Skype right now, so uh, that's an example of uh, internet telephony. Um, Reid, I'm wondering what, uh, you know, With we, we talk about uh, products such as technology, such as Skype, we talk about virtual law firms, What what's emerging in terms of the law firm of the future and the management structure of the future? Are there trends that are just beginning to emerge that are going to help shape practice down the road?
3: Uh, yes, you know there are there are going to be larger firms, so larger firms that you know the mega firms with five hundred, a thousand uh, or more lawyers are going to be out there. Uh, but there's also sort of extension of the boutique practice. You know, boutiques are smaller firms that do one thing, one area of law, and they do it well. Well, now those firms are saying we could project partner together. With the technology that's out there today, we don't need to be in the same office. We have to have some similar connectivity, be able to access some of the same documents, uh, have good communications, but they can then team up together without any permanent structure, but team up and work on larger cases. And it's a a good way for these smaller firms to get bigger business and hopefully uh, bigger revenues from their uh, legal services. And uh, what we're also seeing a trend is in the marketplace that allows them to do that is a trend in the personnel area. Uh, There are more lawyers out there uh, that, you know, small firm, solo practitioners that are willing to come in and work on uh, this kind of temporary basis, do that project partnering. We have staff that's willing to do that. They don't even have to, to be on premises. We're seeing secretarial services that may be half a continent away. You can email them. Documents to revise uh, uh, there's just a whole uh, a change in how many of these services are bought and delivered that will allow lawyers to have less infrastructure but project uh, partner on these on these larger projects that, as I say, should bring them uh, more revenue and greater profitability.
1: Does, does that also suggest more uh, firms practicing uh, Smaller firms practicing across state lines, joining forces with lawyers in other states to uh, work together.
3: Uh, yes, definitely. And, you know, uh, lawyers have to be mindful of their rules, uh, the rules of professional conduct in their jurisdiction, the unauthorized practice of law rules. But I have to say, frankly, I, I'm i seeing, you know, more lawyers that are trying to stay in in, uh, within the parameters of those rules, but may not be because their clients are demanding it, technology is allowing it, and so there's sort of a little bit of a leeway here as to what, you know, is what they're doing correct or ethical, is it not? And uh, I, I just think more people are crossing those lines and and uh, not worrying about it. That doesn't mean they shouldn't worry about it, but that's what I'm, I'm seeing in the marketplace.
1: Well, I think our Time is just about up. I wonder if you have any final thoughts that you wanted to uh, say about law practice management and the business of law?
3: Well, one of the things I've, I've come across in, in when I talk to lawyers is that you really, sometimes we lose our passion for what we do because of the problems we're always trying to solve and the issues we're dealing with with clients. But for lawyers to try to renew their passion, use their intellect use their ability to analyze and say what is it that i can be doing differently that will renew myself in the practice do i need to get different clients different practice areas and take it on as a new challenge and rebuild that passion and i think with that you'll also see that you'll enjoy the practice more Uh, clients will see that and it will increase and build your business increase your revenues i think it all comes from renewing that passion that you may have lost practicing law over 10 or 20 years
2: well, thanks, Reed. We appreciate you joining us today. Um, your blog is read readmyblog, R-E-I-D, my blog, and that gets us to your uh, blog on TypePad. And also, uh, the ABA website is abanet.org, right? Uh,
3: yes, uh, net.org or lawpractice.org will take you to the Law Practice Management site.
2: Great. Thanks very much for participating with us, Reed. We loved having you as a guest.
3: Uh, it's been
0: my pleasure. Thank you, gentlemen.
2: Thanks a lot, Reed. See you, uh, see you at ABA Tech Show.
0: I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Coast to Coast with Robert Ambroji and J. Craig Williams. Coast to Coast has been sponsored by Law.com. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network.